Let's talk to our dear friend and brother. By the way, Chad, if anyone has any questions that you ever want to ask me and Dave, this is the moment we're going into talk mode. Hello. Hi, chat. I love you. You love me? I love you and I love chat as well. I love you too. It's a three-way thing. First things first. I just fought it massively. Anyway, I've been thinking about you lately, about something. Oh, shit. You're and I was me. literally, I was having my phone in my hand and I was texting you something, but then I deleted it. All right. Here we go. I'm going to share what it was. I like Steel Division 2. It's a good game, but I only enjoyed it in co op. And I had a co op partner called Fabian. He's some uh, metrosexual gamer or something. Who knows? Uh, but he now is gone. He has a different career. He doesn't show with him anymore. So I was thinking, man, I really enjoyed Steel Division. They just released the big, big co-op campaign. And I was wondering, is Dave the right person for a big, big Steel Division campaign? And Dave, I, I was having the message ready in my phone. And then I felt like, I think he's not for a big Steel Division campaign. He's too chill and stuff. He's I didn't know. So am I wrong there? What do you think about that? No, you got it dead on, 100%. I played that game. I played the first one when PDX gave it me, and I played it for like an hour, and I'm like, I'm just not feeling this. Okay, I, I, I was guessing that. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, I heard it's got co-op recently, hasn't it? Yeah, you can now play... Um, You you remember the Army Commando campaign? You know what that is? No idea. Oh, let me show you real quick. It's so cool. Just uh, real quick, man. I'm such a fan of it. In my opinion, it's the most... Uh, how do you people that celebrate World War II and shit? Wearaboos, uh, right? Wearaboos. And this right here is, the, in my opinion, the biggest wearaboo gameplay you could ever see in the world. So what you do is, check this. You have a certain excerpt, a little piece of the historical real front line. In this case, Orsha, the Russians pushing Germans. And you see this? It's a big, big mini game where you have to micro every single division. You spawn even new divisions. And you have to play every single battle. And the game is saving every progress. If you lose one division, it's lost forever. Shit like that. And you have to really realistically play this. It's super hardcore. Super insane, man. Uh, but they finally released this as co-op. You cannot play this with a friend. And it's it's crazy, man. It's, you really have to be a little bit mental for that shit. And it probably takes uh, dozens of hours to finish it. Yeah, why wouldn't you do that solo? Is it just efficiency, time? I did already a bunch one year ago. And I died and got mad. But... Um, Steel Division is a game that I don't enjoy solo because it's maybe boring, I would say. And with a co-op, it, it's more fun to have a friend and you have to talk together and, and make certain uh, moves. There's also very different campaigns like here, the Russians evading Finland. You can play the Finnish defending against Russia and shit. Really, really cool. And I'm looking for mate. Yeah, my take on Steel Division is is a bit weird because I like games that are really historically connected, and it's it is a historical game, isn't it? Because you're playing out actual divisions on a realistic scale. But the one thing that like disconnects me from the game is that most of the time you so zoom back so far, all you're looking at is farmlands. And I I wanted to like look at the guns. I want to look at the air force. I want to look at the tanks. And for the most part, you don't really get to appreciate them because you, you zoom back just looking at Norman Fields. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that, but isn't that realistic? Like in real life world war ii you look at a lot of fields yeah and when you're into that like really simulating world war ii warfare steel division 2 is really your game man that's for sure if you're into fields that's the game for you <laughs> that's actually true actually true david man how are you feeling bro how are you doing you know what i'm not too bad i've had a long recording session this morning it went exactly how i planned so i'm feeling optimistic about that do you ever feel like when you're like staring at a screen for a really long time that you kind of like zone out. I always call it potato brain. It's where you kind of like, maybe you're slightly floating just from staring at a computer screen for like a really long time. Off stream, yes, but never on stream. Do you mean like daydreaming for a second or? It's, it's like you're in front of the game for a long period, let's say six, seven, eight hours, constantly, no breaks whatsoever. And then you 
move away from the computer and then you're almost like in like maybe a slight daydream almost like you, you, your concentration isn't 100 percent. you know what i mean like you're still in the game that's human I, I get that a lot off stream like like i play games off stream and i just completely zone out for example i play this game vermintide 2 where you actually have to pay attention but when i'm alone i watch stuff on my second screen and i play so bad because i'm just not paying attention i'm just zoning off to some random youtube video or something yeah and i've got a little bit of that right now and i was like oh a little bit apprehensive about this podcast thinking oh no is am i going to be in the zone or not but i'm feeling pretty good actually now i'm feeling pretty good i mean after six hours man that's cool i want to talk about italy to begin with i want you to kind of summarize it i feel like you don't take enough breaks is this this is the longest break you've ever taken isn't it yes in my entire life yes in your entire life if you don't take china yes that was the longest break of my life yeah holy so it was two straight weeks german culture is it yes it was pretty common for me as a young lad to like go away for either like 10 days or two weeks we'd always go abroad and do that and that was like a i mean sure i would have vacation with my parents and stuff but never this long and on this scale it's weird being self-employed in work isn't it did it ever bother you like on a daily basis like i'm losing my sub counts i'm losing my progress yes uh, as a self-employed man and you don't have to be streamer chat you can be whatever self-employed taking time off and vacation means that your baby is going to get hurt you're going to lose income you're going to lose money in my case you lose subs uh yes i had that in my brain i was like oh man my stream uh when i come back how will it be blah 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 but you have to turn that off you have to give yourself some time to breathe if you don't do that you're going to go mad you, you need a little bit of distance in a way i think i've reached that point right now i think i do need i need something like a, a convention i need a paradox con just to be around the corner to go somewhere and just disconnect from everything because right now i just feel like i'm in the grind and i'm i feel like you know the most sad thing i do in the morning is i write a to-do list of all the things i got to do today and you know what most of the time is the list is identical nearly every single day practice a video record a video possibly do a live stream update a thumbnail it's really boring shit yeah i once read this thing that 80 percent of things that are on to-do lists are never done the to-do lists are kind of almost futile i have like the sticky notes app and i like constantly log like little minor things for to-do lists and it helps me like do the rest of the list for the day like something really minor like i don't take out the bins or something like that and when you've done that you feel like you hit the, some of the hard things I don't know I disagree with that actually I think for the most part I do my to-do list nearly enough always on a daily basis 99% done do, do you feel like you with the the flow of like routine with what you do with live stream do you feel like do you feel like you get enough done not at all. For four years I'm a streamer now, I've never been productive. Never. Like you see, I always have these little books here and I always put things in these books and then I want to like German. I want to like a to-do list. I cross them out when they're done and I never do them. There, there's there's some things in these books I haven't done in months, man. Uh, I'm very, very lazy. But I, I was trying to use my vacation to change my bit a bit, aka that when I come back, which is now, that I am a bit more productive, take more care of stuff, which I, I am doing, I think. A bit more active now. I'll put you on the spot. Give me something out your to-do list. Come on, tell me. Oh, my, oh, my to-do list. So... Let me take a look at my to-do list. First of all, someone owes me money and didn't give me back. That's the thing. I I used to be in a car share app and I was paying a caution uh, for 250 euros. They're not paying me back. I have to fix that. Then it says you're finished reading the book. Then do your taxes. Never done that. Then podcast project. Prepare the podcast with Dude Journal. Haven't done that at all. Tommy K. Uh, merch management. Improve the merch. Haven't done that. Uh, write an email to your chiropractor. I actually did that. And lots and lots of more stuff, man. Talk to sponsors, blah, blah, blah. I never fucking do that shit. <laughs> Mine is so normal me like organize the garage uh de-weed the front garden <laughs> fix leaky sink <laughs> i don't have any never in my to-do list there's like household stuff really never. all right okay never 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 how you been coping with the weather recently it's been really slowing me down in germany it's okay right now in germany it's okay what was it like last week uh 17 to 19 degrees very very nice i like it 
I like it. And I feel like I'm a bit used more. Uh, in Italy, I was just burning to death. And now if it's 30 degrees in Germany, it's like, oh, at least it's not Italy. All good. All, all easy, man. I thought I really enjoyed hot weather. But for the last 10 days in the UK, we've had 30 degree days over and over and over again. And it's been an absolute nightmare. My productivity has dropped massively. I'm just not doing enough. And it's, it starts to eventually beat me up. Like, I'm just not doing enough in the day. I always wonder when, like, young, pe young people listen to us. And they're like, do these guys complain about their do-do lists? About their health? <laughs> The weather is too hot for them. Dude, we, we truly, this is truly the boomer cast, man. That's for sure. I think that's it as a kid. I feel like you have you have nothing to worry about. You just kind of go with the flow. But as an adult, like when you like your rhythm, your, your little schedule breaks, you're like, oh no. The big, big issue for me to be productive is the, the number one main reason is, and this might come across as arrogant, but once again, just want to be real. If I will behave very lazy and not do a lot of things, I'd still be successful. And that is very dangerous. If I just don't do anything and just do my eight hour stream i still am successful it's not like i have to really do my to-do list or i'm gonna die i'm gonna become homeless blah 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 and i think that's a big thing in the brain for me at least that makes me unproductive because i'm like oh if i don't do my tax today what the fuck's gonna happen they need they want my money they they want my shit i can do what i want and that makes you unproductive like you, you don't depend on being productive anymore we've seen both ends of the spectrum we've we've worked the normal job and having the boss tell us what to do and having the normal shit we've got to work and then we've done what we do now i feel like we have a perspective that's kind of uh we understand our privilege how how well we've got it right now you know there's the, there's some twitch streamers other youtubers that probably don't have that luxury like they've not worked a standard job and they don't know how great they've got it it's it's i think it's a nice position to be in i just always feel like because i want to change myself that there's so much more potential when you're self-employed you decide about success most of the time you decide if you're creative have new ideas how much money you make blah 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 you decide that and oftentimes i think that I and I think many other people have more potential, many content creators. But you often get stuck on a certain level because the level is so good. Like I often think about this. I could I could really work on my diss track and hire a production team and make a music video and then blah 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 and big big shit, man, uh, and go crazy. But then I feel like, well, if I don't do it, well, there's no repercussions. I'm still on a good level. What's the next step for you then? So now you're back. You're back into the rhythm. Where's where's the next mountain to climb? Well, to be more productive, to to push the stream. That's my ultimate goal in life right now, to push the stream to the next level, uh, reaching new heights. Phase five. Yeah, phase five. <laughs> I don't Heroes even know what phase, what phase are we at right now? Pa phase 69 or something. <laughs> We're still missing 1.5k subs to be even back on normal, man. Here's something I want to ask you. Sure. When I was younger, I've never felt the summer hole. I didn't give a fuck about it. I was just playing games all summer. I never saw what the summer hole means. You know how people talk about the summer hole? Nothing happens. Nothing gets released. Since I'm a streamer, for the first time, I feel the summer hole. There's no new games. The energy is a bit different, a bit lower. Less people are around. They're all on vacation. They sub less. Since I'm a streamer, I feel the, the summer hole. Before, I've never felt that. Maybe also Corona hole, maybe you can say. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. In the UK now, we finally officially, officially came out of lockdown Monday or last week. So there's no more legal restrictions. And it's really strange to go on Facebook and stuff and see people like mm. go to nightclubs and go to, I don't know, arenas and whatnot. It's... So strange experience. What's the progress like in Germany? We haven't opened up yet. I now don't have to wear a mask anymore in shopping, but many people still do it. But we're we're not out of lockdown yet. I was at a concert yesterday, and there was really you have to show a test and everything. Oh wow! I mean, it sounds really scary that the UK already opened. Do you guys already have data on incidents rising again or something? Yeah, uh, new reports of 
COVID are practically going through the roof, but hospitalizations aren't following with it because the vaccination rate is so high. Mm. So it's, as, as it looks at the moment, it is going to plan. It's, will there be a tipping point where they get so many cases they won't be able to handle it? It went from 500 to 12,000 in one week. Yeah, it looked like it peaked about 40,000, 50,000 per day. Sounds really bad. But once again, if you look at the hospitalizations, they're actually looking pretty good. Well, let's see how the UK does. It's going to be interesting. No, yeah. We are the pioneers at the minute. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm actually really excited. Pioneers. The whole world is looking at the UK like like a child that puts a nail in his nose and like, oh, where's that gonna go? Let's just take a look. You could say that England potentially could be taking a dive. Huh? Huh? Did you watch the Euros? Yes, yes. <laughs> really? Luckily you lost. Luckily. Look, that was not deserved. Do you think the right team won? Yes, hundred percent. Italy played perfect. They were twenty-nine games unbeaten. Yeah, yeah. Th- their win streak right now is ridiculous, isn't it? Something like thirty games or something like that. Yeah, like- pretty pretty big, man. One point five years we have the World Cup. That's gonna be interesting. I remember your prediction. I remember you saying something like Spain and Italy are gonna be big favourites to win, and you also said that it might have been England's time. What what were the other predictions you made about Euros? I always predict that every cup, European or World Cup has always one underdog that performs well. In this case, Denmark. And if you predict that underdog, you can make good money. Italy, Belgium, Spain looked like they're going to get there. I like to admit, I like to think that I was okay with the result because Italy did play better in the final, definitely. The possession one shots on target were through the roof. So they definitely played overall better. But I like to admit that I didn't care, but God damn, I was so devastated when they didn't win. <laughs> I was so devastated. I must have felt bad as an Englishman. Yeah, but there was so much controversy where the whole world was against England. The dive of Sterling, uh, the behavior of the fans. Uh, nobody likes England anyway. Uh, Boris Johnson, Brexit, all that stuff. Everybody wanted you to lose. Uh, I guess so. But once again, it's not it's not a popularity contest football. It's end of the day. It's kicking that ball in the net, isn't it? And then the day and uh, to get to that point, Italy and England definitely proved themselves. You know. Yeah, especially when they pushed out Denmark with a fake dive. That was a good proof of the English skill. Are you saying you knew better than the ref? You knew better than the VAR. That was not that. There was the whole Whoa. world fucking uh, knows. Anyone who knows anything about football knows that was not a penalty, man. And it's ridiculous that you have the VAT system. And if there's like this rule, only if it's really debatable, the VAT system can interfere. In that case, the VAT should have called, listen, mate, you made a mistake. This is not a penalty. Well, that's the purpose of VAR, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Uh, but there are certain rules. Uh, what is the rule? I don't want to say this wrong. Only if the referee expresses doubt, the VAR can overrule his ruling. And in that case, the second dive the referee had no doubt it's a, a penalty so the VAR system whatever they think doesn't matter Bokwin is a bit butthurt over there hey you can't be that was a imagine being Danish there that, ah, what the fuck man but that's what makes football so beautiful it's that referees do mistakes right I, I mean I'm on the losing end as well so I can relate to Bokwin in this case I mean the truth is for, for the teams to get as far as they actually did was nothing short of absolutely incredible you know especially the way they began I mean this is the best England team that we've had since they won the World Cup 50, 60 bloody years ago so so, I mean, we're, we're constantly on the losing end and we're looking for that one that one time of a shining star. What, Germany recently won the World Cup, didn't they? How did, uh, where were you? What were you doing? 14, I think. 14. I was at home with a friend watching and then we went to the city and everybody was like having a party. But we were just watching it. We had no friends anyway. It was a big thing back then. Yeah, it was a big thing. Genuinely into the national team at the time? Yes. I've, I've always back then, not anymore. I was a football guy. Like really not just one of these... You know how when you have a World or European Cup, suddenly all the normies are football fans and they're like, ah, do this. They don't even know the names of the players. And I, I think I've always, and still, I'm a bit deeper, man. I understand who players are and shit. Mostly because of FIFA. FIFA is teaching me a lot who players are and shit. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, 7-1 Brazil, Germany. Oh, shit, that game. 7-1, never forget, man. That was a 
It was a crazy fucking day, man, when when Germany was good. But Germany now has to reform. They're reforming now. They need to completely remake uh, this team. What do you think has gone wrong? I have a theory about sports, everything, business, everything, streaming, sports, whatever. It's the hunger theory. When you run out of hunger, your performance will always be lower. Why did Italy win? Why was England so good? Why was Denmark good? Because they were hungry. These people cared. They pushed themselves. They were motivated. They were friends. While you have, for example, the German team uh, that already, they all have Champions League titles. They have World Cup titles. And they're like, oh, whatever happens, I don't care. I have, I'm a millionaire. I have everything. And even though you might not uh, admit it, the hunger is a thing. Hunger is a thing. Germany just had zero hunger. These are old players that achieved everything. They are super rich. I think they were missing the hunger. And you saw that when younger people were substituted in the German team, like Muziala, 18 years old, he played amazing. These young people, they want to prove themselves. They're hungry, man. Hunger is a very important thing. Look at Conor McGregor. I think Conor McGregor is out of hunger. That's why he sucks so much right now. Beautiful example. Yeah, he is on a losing spree. That's good because that's where I was going to come on to next. So, uh, McGregor, Poirier. Big one, big one. I was actually thinking of true story. Uh, Dustin Poirier has a charity and he was selling his gear, like his shirt and his gloves on eBay, but it went up to 28K. That was a bit too much. I was about, I was thinking of getting that, uh, but that was, uh, that's a bit too much. Very interesting. So I think we disagree on this. So I'd, I'd like to hear your take on it. So my take is that, yeah, it was a trilogy. It was a straight KO in the first one, straight KO in the second, one for Connor, one for Poirier. And then the third one, we had a doctor stoppage. Not downplaying, a win is a win. I just personally feel like when you win by a doctor stoppage, it takes away some of that win. What do you feel about that? I highly disagree. And uh, no offense, I told you this all of you in private. I think that's how normies and casuals think about this. Damn. First of all, first point. I don't like this thinking of, oh, it's 1-1 now. You have to always look at the timeline. Um, when they fought, it was many, many years ago. When you look at Conor McGregor and Poirier right now, you have to apply current laws to current meta. And in the current meta, Poirier will win 9 out of 10 times easily. Uh, secondly, Dr. Stoppage. All these casuals are saying, oh, it was a Dr. Stoppage. First of all, and no one can disagree, the first round was a demolishment of McGregor. He got ragdolled, he got destroyed. Because there's this theory that I agree with, that McGregor was throwing a kick and then it was checked by uh, Dustin Poirier. And when you, your kicks get checked, your shit will break. And I think the doctor stoppage was introduced by skill of Poirier. Okay. All right, okay. What's he saying? Yeah, one sec. But I, I personally, I think that people that don't want to give Poirier the win here are filthy casuals. They're ridiculous. It, it, wouldn't it be amazing to see a full five-round slog between Poirier and uh, Connor? Wouldn't that be amazing? No, no. That's uh, Once again, I love you, man, but it's such a casual thing to say. No. In, in, in fighting, fighting is real. It's not entertainment. And when Poirier is just so much better than McGregor, there should never be a five-round fight. If he destroys him in one round, then that's what it should be. I, I just, I think I'm maybe coming from uh, an entertainment perspective of real fight. You know what I mean? I, I, and I feel like, you know, I didn't really understand Khabib as much as I did back in the day when I used to watch his fights. But I think now I get them more because I feel like he, he really works them down. You know, it's not just a, a choke and it's over. He's like working them down round by round. He, I don't think he meant it, many he won by TKO in the first round. I think they were all like slogs into third or fourth round. And I feel like with that, I felt the kind of like, that was a legitimate win. You know what I mean? He he, he delivered the most uh, blows and he eventually made them tap, you know? And it, it felt in that case that there's no way you can take away his loss. You know what I mean? It, it, it really sucks for fighters often that sometimes their wins are not seen as legit, which is very, very sad sometimes. What about um, a no contest then? Would you would you take away the win for that? Would it take away the legitimacy of a win if it was won by no contest? Yes, because that's the rules. There's a perfect example of arguably maybe the greatest fighter of all times, John Jones, who has only one loss, and he was when he was the loss that he got there was an illegal knee. 
and he was winning, but he was breaking the rules. You should know the rules as a professional. I think that's a deserved loss, yes. It sucks because it destroyed his uh, reputation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I just wanted to see how far you would push the, like, what a win would be considered, that's all. But yeah, I, I mean, Khabib tweeted something after that fight, and he said, a good will always beat evil. And to me, Conor McGregor represents evil, man. The, what he's become is a disgrace. It's very, very sad. He was the biggest influence to my life outside my family. And what a bad human being he's become. It's very, very sad. And now my idol is Khabib, man. I'm a big fan, and the way he teaches you how to behave as a man is, is beautiful. And I'm Jesus Redex, bro, Spartan League. What would, what would Connor have to do to get it back for you? He was trying it, uh, I think, two years ago when he came back to the UFC, where he will start being humble again, not an ass. Don't cheat on your wife. Don't take drugs. Be a good idol to your millions of fans. Don't punch an old man. Don't be toxic. Don't attack people's family. Don't attack a bus like this and don't give repercussions. Stop being a cunt on all these levels. That will be the first step. And then go back to actually training and actually be successful. That's what you should do. But he didn't do it. He had the chance. He's still a, one of the goats. What he achieved in his early days is remarkable Eddie Alvarez Jose Aldo that is ridiculous but once the money and the fame came Khabib said something in the last interview last week which is and I love that I love when he said that he said money and fame don't change you money and fame show who you really are and if you follow these words McGregor shows who he really is and it's not very nice not someone who I want to look up to it's funny because it's hard to take away the banter from Connor because Connor is the banter you know so it'd be really weird for can you just imagine it like maybe Connor does win a title maybe Connor does win a series of fights in a row and then all of a sudden entering into one of his fights at the press conference he's all of a sudden just completely humble can, can you imagine the backlash from that that's what he did in the second Dustin Poirier fight yeah but then he realized that this bullshit doesn't work he has to get back into uh, trash talk because he thinks he's gonna uh, psychologically beat his enemies like that and he did back then he did but every true Connor fan knows this now it's not the meta anymore five years ago when Connor McGregor was doing his psychological warfare it was insane it worked it was sick when he does it nowadays you just cringe he, he's making shit up he's lying he, he's acting like he's the greatest even though he's not anymore and you just don't buy it anymore if people still buy it you must be 12 years old man how does this relate to what we do how does the passion and the hunger relate to us do you think at some point maybe we'll reach some big milestone you'll reach 10k subs maybe and i'll reach a million subscribers and maybe i'll lose the passion and that maybe affect my performance do you think that could ever happen that is a beautiful question and maybe one of the big, biggest question a youtuber slash streamer has to think about what is hunger where does it go what does how does it infect you that is a thing i think a lot about because um first of all i would guess if you lose passion and hunger your content is going to suffer and you're going to be a so-called washed up streamer uh you, there's some of them i'm not going to say any names but you see they don't grow anymore they even go downhill and stuff like that the people feel that if you're out of hunger they feel that shit but also i think that streaming sometimes can work when you're out of hunger a great example is uh, i'm a big fan of for example lyric and summit and if you look at lyric and summit they're still heavily successful streamers they're not rank one anymore and they got very chill you could maybe say they lost hunger at least you can say lyric and summit they got far more chill and now they're on their level it's a big level they make millions of dollars they're fine so that is a, a force and also a great example these people make a great living they have their thing they're not going to be ranked one anymore with 100,000 viewers but it's cool it's okay so i guess once you reach that level like these people sort of pop too then it's fine but you you are you are on a level where you make 100k a month who the fuck cares you don't need to be ranked one anymore the big thing is and this is 
also a big tip to people in chat that want to become streamers or YouTubers. In the beginning of everything, a new job, you want to be YouTuber, streamer, in a sport. You have to be hungry, man. If you don't have the hunger, you will never get out of the swamp of, of averageness, man. Which is why I like Grisha so much. Uh, Grisha is showing hunger. He has events. He has funny things. And then I look at Dankus, where I don't see hunger. He always does the same. He has his little dumb memes and, oh, I'm playing heavy tank Germany or Russia. I don't see the hunger there. You need to do what you feel. Uh, and the final thing I want to say, thank you, Slav and Neubaum. It's a big thing, I think, because I'm sometimes scared that I lost my hunger. I don't think I have yet, but I'm sometimes scared. What if I one day wake up and out of hunger and I'm just sitting here with 800 viewers every day playing Warhammer 2 in 2025 or something? That scares me sometimes. I, you have that fear too? I was about to go into a tangent about when you've got the luxury of being on top, you don't need to be a tryhard anymore. When you're on top, you, everything you do and every minute every day can be done for your own entertainment, your own fun, your own pleasure. There's never a, like you can relate to this, there's never a game that you play to say, oh, I need to get the, get the views today. I need to get the subs today. It's just a game that I play because I find it fun. And I think that's the difference between like like all the big guys just listed off there, like Shroud and Lyric and whatnot. They're on top now and everything they do is solely for their own fun and entertainment. It's less about the grind and more about, I guess, sustain and just have a good time, I suppose. Do I ever worry? I don't think I've really thought too much about it. I kind of worry sometimes when maybe I'm just a little bit ill and I just don't have the enthusiasm. But I, when I come back and I get back on the horse, I'm almost twice as fast as I am right now. I'm in the flow right now and I hope I continue this rhythm for as long as I can, I guess. How did I become a streamer on Twitch? Because I was the hungry hoi four guy. I don't know if this is offensive when I say this. When I started streaming four years ago and I looked at you, this is, I just want to be honest. Oh God, here we go. When I looked at you, Alex, Boku, and stuff like that, you guys were on a good level, good content, everything good. But I've never felt this hunger to be on top with you guys, which is totally fine, totally okay. But I think that I benefited from that because I was like really hungry to completely wreck everything over. And that's a perfect example of how this hunger can be very important. One thing recently that I, that I never realized about myself, it's like a path of self-discovery, is that I'm really reactive to jealousy more than I'd like to believe. And when I'm constantly around people that are overachieving me, I feel like it gets in the way of my motivation. I feel like without that noise of other people that are larger than me and more successful than me, I'm able to just plow and go on quicker. Like with you, for instance, I don't really see you as a competitor. And probably that's the reason why I get along with you so well, because you're doing your Twitch thing and I'm doing my YouTube thing. I know you've got the YouTube thing going on at the same time, but that's almost Marconi's you slash your baby, you know? And with that in mind, it doesn't like cloud my judgment and get in the way of like it becomes too emotional. I suppose emotionally invested in something, and yeah, it's very adult, or very adult. Uh, it it, yeah. it is, but I mean, sometimes you have to accept some parts of your personality that suck. And one of mine is that I just can't ha ha handle high pressure situations, and I and I get jealous a lot. So I, I think you just have to come to terms with yourself and then move on from there and make the best of what you've got. I, I personally always think that rivalry is so good. Uh, I, once again, I just want to be honest. Sometimes I sit here at night and I'm alone, and what I'm going to say now is in no way this it's actually compliment uh, i'm sitting here and i'm checking twitch and i see bokwin 2200 viewers in his game i see dankus with 700 viewers after just one year of streaming and i'm not jealous there i swear to god i'm not sitting there like oh. I, it motivates me i'm like man these guys are doing well they're coming and it motivates me to okay tommy maybe you have to step it up let's let's show some good content man let's i like that rivalry it, it better i benefit from that like if some guy if some random dude would come right now and completely destroy me on the hoi four views and stuff 
I, I would love it. I would be very, I feel very attacked, but I, it would motivate the fuck out of me. I like that shit. And maybe sometimes I'm missing that, like someone challenging me, maybe. <laughs> In the past, you definitely were. I mean, <laughs> not to bring up the past or anything, but I remember you and me and Remy, they were like your favorite banter tools to motivate yourself. And I felt like they were actually realistic goals for you to achieve. And then obviously we've, I've beca- I'm part of what you do more and then Remy's kind of drifted off in the other direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But what, whatever you think about Remy or whatever, in a weird way, look, uh, four years ago, chat, something happened. Remy don't understand something like uh, in the context, we don't have Tommy and we don't have to take Tommy and Marconi serious. They don't have any subs, which is fine. I have nothing against Remy. I even thank him for that because when Remy said that, these guys don't matter because they don't have no subs. Me and Marconi, it refueled from that. We loved that. It, it made us work even harder. I, I miss that. I miss someone calling me out like that. Call me out more chat. Come on then, guys. So, so Tommy, who's your next competitor? Who is the next mountain to climb? Name of that mountain. Sometimes I'm getting older, so that's gone a bit. I just wanna maybe the new rival is yourself. There's like the there's like two Tommies, and I want to beat the weaker Tommy. Ah, oh, I like that. That's good. That's good. But sometimes I, I gotta be honest. I look at uh, two streamers. I'm a, I'm a big MMO fan. I watch MMO streamers, and there's two streamers called one is called Stay Safe, and one is called Sfan TV. And uh, nothing against them. I'm a big fan. I watch them a lot. But my personal goal is to be on their view count or even beat them. That's my goal. Yeah. Because I think, and here comes the arrogant fuck. Here, this is where I'm arrogant. I sometimes watch streamers that have 3K viewers, and I think I'm so much more entertaining than them. Super arrogant. But I want I watch streamers. They have 4K viewers, and they just sit there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Chad. And I think I can beat that. I think I can. Just got to work on it. This is some really privileged thing. I Since my life got better, and uh, I think I asked this you before, I feel like when you are raised without money, like you don't have a lot of money when you're raised, once you are a bit successful and have a bunch of money, you have a coping mechanism. There's something you get addicted to. One guy likes to buy expensive shoes. One guy likes cars. I, for example, I love restaurants. I, I dude, sitting in restaurants means everything to me. Did, did you ever, did you have something like that? You know what I mean? Something that you couldn't afford back then, but now you're, you're, you're into that. I think I've always been like a big nerd for electronics, like cameras and expensive tech and whatnot <laughs> I, before i'd always think to myself can i afford it uh do i have to save up for that before i want it i never said i could never have it but it's something i always see as a mountain to climb an objective i guess it's a bit like you and being competitive my way of being competitive is finding something expensive that i have i can work hard for and then i can eventually afford one day well anyway the difference back then and now is that i just buy it you know what i mean i don't even think about it you know boom just buy it you know what i mean that ability to hit buy now on amazon it's, it's such a weird button to press you know this is a good segue, actually, because I used to do sales job in the past, call center sales jobs. And in interviews, one of the common things they used to say to me is like, what's something expensive that you want? What's your dream car? What's your dream house? You know, like, describe it to me. And I never really understood that because I never had the motivation when I worked the job because I hated the job. So I was never motivated to work more because I always thought I was at my limit anyway. But what they were trying to do is find that hunger in you, you know, that passion, the way you describe it with Connor, like the idea that if there's something expensive that you want to buy one day, you will work your absolute absolute titties off to eventually afford that thing. But the, the danger of that is that once you reach your goal, an emptiness comes in. Well, I mean, you're always going to set a new goals, new objectives, new new mountains to climb in there. If it's like some ultra goal, like I want to be a millionaire. And once you're a millionaire, you're going to be like, oh, well, I don't feel any different now. <laughs> well, it's like hiking or mountain climbing. I feel like you never really get out of the hobby when you climb the mountain of your dreams, do you? You find another, something else to ascend, you know? And I think that's why I always use the analogy of mountain climbing and reaching the summit. David, are you afraid of the future? Am I afraid of the future? No, I embrace the future more than I did. But if you asked me 10 years ago, I probably would have been afraid of it. Knowing that I was doing the silt. 
Yeah, it's the, the idea that you're doing something monotonous and repetitive and you hate it, the future's scary. But if you're doing something you love and you enjoy, you embrace the future. Fully agree. Yeah. When I was 22, I was afraid, oh, what if I don't finish university? What if I don't get a good job? What if my life doesn't get better? Yeah, true. A big part of my new way to approach the stream is that, yes, I will start to now write Twitch Dick. Meaning, what I'm I'm a guy that always plays old games. I play Vermintide and Warmer 2, which is not good for business. And a plan I have in the future is that if there's a big new thing, like Dying Light 2, I will play that stuff. I will play it for like two or three days, maybe catch some new viewers. I will do that. When GTA 6 comes out with roleplay, I will do that. I, I want to write... I want to play fresh games to maybe attract new content and new viewers. Yes, I want to do that. But right now, there's a summer hole. There's nothing going on, really. Are you worried that you might play these games and they might not stick with you and your audience might be passionate, but you're not? Could happen. Yeah, that's really interesting. What do you do then? Yeah, I've, I've been there because I felt like I've been playing games for the audience and not for me, and it's not been fun. Uh, but I wouldn't ever do that again now. Now I know how much of a pain in the ass it is. I do the same because I think chat is not actually that dumb. I feel like when I play something and I don't feel it and I just do it for views or something, chat feels that. It's weird. I don't talk. Every, they feel it. I feel it. You can't fool them, I would say. The last CK3 stream I had with Sardinia was a perfect example. I, I tried so hard to make CK3 work and I, I just, I wanted to almost vomit, man. I, I couldn't do it. And everybody felt that, I think. What are, uh, let's talk about the grade A content. Let's talk about the 10K viewers, maybe. Uh, the next Hoi4 DLC, No Step Back. I don't think 10K viewers. Uh, really? Uh, I got a message today. Didn't you get, what, what was the peak views you got for CK3? Oh, that was 9,900 9, or something. Oh, you'll hit 10K. Hoi4 DLC, that's it's not that. Nah, I think I disagree. I disagree. You think so? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. I'm going to cut to the chase. I'm going to ask the odd question. And this is going to fill in, filter in with a lot of things we've already talked about. Passion, whether you're doing it for the views or whether you're doing it because you love it. Is it your next goal? Is it your next objective? This is the question the chat has all been dying to ask. Germany, Meta, Hoi4, MP game. When is it going to happen, dude? When are you going to play Germany? Now you're tricking all these 12-year-olds. Yeah, Tommy, why did you play MP Matrix anymore? You suck at the game now, Tommy. Arrogant <laughs> guy, only playing minors and then complaining about the others. <laughs> My point is, as I said for weeks, there is no meta at the moment. 80% of good players left. The only people that play Hoi4 right now is five children that are below 15 and two cheaters. That's why you don't see Tommy K Germany, Russia, Japan, because there's nothing to prove. There's only idiots. Games will mostly end with cheats or toxic dumb shit. That is why you don't see that, man. Not I'm scared of anything. It's just not worth it right now. And I'm thinking of... Uh, I, I want to copy Bokuen. Bokuen has a group of people he trusts and he plays right four with them. That's something I want to go now to. I'm giving away a role in Discord of people that I fully trust and then maybe we can have a game with people that are really fully trusted. No toxic children, no cheaters and just have a fun time, man. If you ever... If you will see me tomorrow play Germany multiplayer, it, was, it will only be for sucking viewer dicks, man. It will just be for give me views and subs. And that is pathetic, man. No. We just talked about this playing something you don't want to do and playing meta ma majors right now is just will, will be dead don't feel it at all it would just be fake why well, do you play meta games at all then you mean in the last weeks yeah when, when was the last time you did one and here's the point why does somebody play minors because i enjoy that i enjoy the, the biggest fun to me on stream is to take a hoi four nation and try something out that's never done before like play a successful brazil play a brazil successful australia i enjoy that i played a successful japan 10 times i don't know why people want to st still see that man i think they're kind of stuck could, in the past could that's why i played these nations Sure. Do you ever feel like people could interpret that as you're afraid to play Germany because you feel like... Yes, obviously, if you are very unintelligent and a complete monkey, you will think I'm afraid. 
because you can't see over the horizon and see what truly is happening. Do you want me to stream four years of Germany uh, every day like I'm Dankus to get free views and subs? That's so boring. How fucking boring is that? Damn, dissing Dankus. I thought he was doing well. It's like when you're on top and you take a look. When Lionel Messi retires one day and he goes to a local football call, little kids, chat will come to him and be like, what's up, Messi? You want to fight us? You suck, Messi. You suck. And Messi is going to be like, dude, I achieved everything. I was probably the best football player ever. Who the fuck are you? Who are you talking to, man? That's kind of what's going on here, man. All these little nobodies in YouTube comments are like, oh, Tommy is such a loser. Blah, 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 blah. Who are you, bro? What do you think? And another big point is, and you, people like you and Alex knew that years ago, Cheats, toxicity. It's a huge investment that mostly ends in nothingness. The biggest deal for me is the time commitment. I can't handle like a five, six, seven hour game in one sitting. I can't handle the desyncs and the lobbies and the rehosts. That, that stuff's pain, man. It's pain. I just want to play the game. And I'm not playing the game when I'm looking at a lobby. I, I also fell in love with a bit of a single player, man. Like like enjoying a good Kaiserreich one that is so much more fun than chilling with these. I'm just, I don't know. I feel like after 5,000 hours of multiplayer, I just, I truly just came to hate the multiplayer community, man. It's it's very hard for me to talk to them, chill with them, listen to them. It makes me just cringe. And that's a big reason you don't see that much anymore. Anyway, the final question. I'll leave, I'll leave the best till last. The best till last. Something happened in the last Euro final between England and Italy, okay? Something that happened even before the ball was kicked, okay? And both teams took a knee before kickoff. How do you feel about that, Tommy? Why do they do it again? Can you explain it? My understanding is it's showing solidarity against racism. And there was there, were, there was an instance, I think it was, was it Denmark or Russia? It was someone in Russia and one team did it, the other team did it, but Russia... Views, so they were the only ones stood up. Oh, that's a big thing, David. That's a big thing. First of all, in its core, it's not a bad thing. Secondly, you could argue that stuff like this doesn't belong in politics. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't belong in sports, sorry. Which I think it doesn't. It should belong there. Sports is so influential, you should have uh, certain messages. And you should make sports sterile, because life isn't sterile. A big problem I have with stuff like that, the knee, or for example, in Pride Month, all these companies are changing their picture on Twitter. In my opinion, a lot of solidarity with, with anti-racist movements, LGBTQ, is very, very fake and hypocritical. Lots of times, companies act like they care about gay people but they don't they just do it to 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 be to look ethical to to make the money i mean look at activision blizzard they have the pride flag during pride month but they fucking harass all the women at work one woman just killed herself it's so hypocritical man uh so many people always it's here's my point it's very easy to go down on your knees but actually doing something and actually actively helping is an, another topic man and i feel like it's better to actually actually do something other than act like oh man look at me i'm such a hero i take a knee man wow it's not that hard. It's much harder to really do something. That's how I think about this stuff. I think when it, when a company shows mainstream approval for a uh, a movement, um, let's say LGBT, by changing a logo to a rainbow, I think it shows at that point it's made it's already reached the mainstream. I think that the point of uh, raising awareness has died because I think everyone's aware of it. Because let's be real, if a corporation um, did a political move that everyone disagreed with, no one would buy their products anymore. But we saw, for the most part, universal solidarity on Twitter and every other social media yeah, platform. Yeah, actually, right. Doombot is just saying in chat, visibility is the first step to progress. Uh, you, you're, you're right. You're right. It's it's the first step. I just, one thing that I sometimes feel like, and maybe that's just the old German boomers, that a lot of solidarity I see in the world is is very hypocritical and fake. It's, 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 it's like... You well, see it as virtue signaling, don't you? Uh, 
uh, I, I guess so, yeah. Do I have a good example right now? Um, you know, let's have an example. In Germany, you have a rally for refugees. A rally for refugees. Now, first of all, it's 99% white people. And I always ask myself, I don't really answer, a person that's part of this rally, did they ever actually do something in their life for refugees, like actively? Still, you're right. Going to the rally first is the first step. But I sometimes feel like people out there, they, they act like they have such a moral high ground and they're so, oh man, I'm so good. But man, did you, did you ever... Do you even have contact to any refugees? Do you ever listen to them, talk to tell tell their stories, man? It's, that's maybe sometimes that's what I feel. Sometimes it's a bit hypocritical, especially companies, right? Companies that they in in the Middle East they have a black flag, and in America they have the gay pride flag. It's just, it's not real. It's not real. If if I was to reach out, let's say to uh, awareness of discrimination against gingers in uh, Finland, and uh, I've never met a Finnish ginger before, am I allowed to advocate for that because I've never met one of these gingers? Sure, hundred percent. The thing is, though, that if you were a, maybe a left right a left wing young liberal, you will do this and then talk about it on Twitter. You'd be like, "Guys, I did this. I did this. I'm such a good human," and that kind of destroys a little bit what you did. Your achievement because you are only helping and accepting etc to make yourself feel better and i'm calling out these people that want to make themselves feel better when i see when i an example i was in the supermarket and a refugee comes in and he doesn't speak german and he has a question i would help him because i'm a human just because oh man this guy is just i just want to help and I, I don't do it to make myself feel better and be like oh man uh, self high five i'm so liberal that's my point i think all the stuff is important but it has to be truth in its soul i i feel like i guess what are you passionate about tommy what what gets what would something that you advocate for it's just the one thing i see sometimes that uh there's some hypocrisy man like like i, I don't know here here's a sorry if i don't answer the question should i go there i'm scared <laughs> maybe it's just very objectively so yesterday i was at a concert okay and in this concert was 600 white people, 600 the whitest people ever. The only person of color was the drummer, a black woman. Now, uh, the 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 band leader is calling out the band. This is my keyboarder. This is my blah blah blah. And when they called out the drummer, the black person, they cheered ten times harder. They cheered ten times harder. I think it's cool, but I sometimes just feel like how many people make that decision to cheer louder there out of fake reason, out of out of yeah, wow, know what I mean a little bit. The true goal is equality, right? That everybody should. You, you guys understand me a bit? What difference did it make his skin color in that case? Could they just have liked him regardless of his skin color? Yeah, that will be true equality. I mean, they don't probably have bad uh, uh, ambitions they want to support. I fully get that. It's not bad. I just always ask myself, is it fully true? Do you think they cheered lighter because he was black? Yes. So, some, some, yeah. And and I sometimes feel like and I'm going into really weird territory now. Imagine you are this black person and they cheer louder for you. Do you think that's good and accept it? Or do you feel like, yeah, 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 you only cheer louder for me because I'm black and it's fake. I wonder what they think. And that's kind of what equality should be. We should ask them, what do they feel? It's not about us acting like we know everything. I wonder what that person feels about that. I think you could advocate for something without anyone backing you on being behind it. That's that specific marginalized group. I mean, let's just say, okay, this is something I'm passionate about. All right, here you go. Dave's going to get on his pedestal on virtual signal. Okay, you ready for this? So I, I think that computer games might need to be more inclusive for women because I would like to see more girls have the hobby of being a gamer. But if it's me, because it means that there's more views for my channel, and it also benefits all you guys, all the chat right now, every single person in the chat right now, it benefits you because you're more likely to get laid. You're more likely to share mutual interest with someone that's a girl. And I don't know how you could not advocate for this. And the truth is when you're in the Call of Duty uh, lobby and you hear a female voice and you scream out, I don't know, 
C word or get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich. That rate, that isn't helping girls feel more inclusive in gaming. And it ain't helping you get laid. And that's something I'm really passionate about. Feminist movement here by uh, Dave. I fully agree. Yeah, call me a feminist. Fuck it. I don't care. I fully agree. I fully agree. Yep. I'm advocating for your dicks, guys. Come on. I agree. It's a hot, how do you solve that though, right? That's really hard. And once again, it just comes down to education. You have to teach young men how to behave around women, pretty much. Uh, a street corner, hold up a placard and say, that's a very good question. Or what, what? What do you represent? What represents you? What are you? I wouldn't even go to a ginger rights movement because I don't fuck them all, man. <laughs> I I will guess if I have a daughter or son one day and they say, Dad, there's a climate change rally. I want you to come. I will say yes, I guess. I think that I will do that. Something you, about climate change, I guess. It has to be your daughter. It can't be you. No, because I and here we go. Maybe I'm very, very wrong. I, I've always been a guy that didn't believe in demonstrations so much. I've always felt like and I hope I'm wrong. I always felt like, oh, I'm going to waste all my day walking around the city. Uh, this is my message and I'm not going to change anything. I always felt about that. I always felt like if you want to change something in this harsh world, you got to get active. You got to join uh, clubs. You got to join organizations. You got to join a political party. You got to know the right people. You have to organize. I've personally always felt like walking around the street screaming for eight hours is not helping much. It's just how I always felt about it. Like uh, in a way, people are very hypocritical, including me. I, I always talk about climate change, but look at me. I don't organize myself about it. I still drive uh, a CO2 car. I, I I mean, me and Lisa, we take care, but I'm not doing enough. And I'm always sitting here, oh, climate change is real. That's very hypocritical. Don't you feel like you're having an impact? Just you've got a platform right now with 1,300 people watching right now. Just by you talking about it, you're having an impact. You don't have to need to Probably, do something. Yeah. You don't need to you don't need to buy that cheaper car you don't need to buy that more energy efficient home just you saying this out loud right now you're having an impact but that wouldn't that be like petting my own shoulder oh i impact viewers so i already did enough no because because your time is important every minute of your day is important you're giving a sacrifice of your time yeah i feel like it's petting my own back i, I can we, everybody can still do better you don't need to drive 200 kilometers an hour man you don't need to do that you don't you don't need to fly to vacation five times a year you don't need to do that this is something right-wingers say quite often and i agree with they say we live in a society and I, and I like that expression because it it says that even though you may advocate for something because you're in a society you have to adhere to society's standards and the truth is it's hard to get by without a car but you can still advocate for green policies and be anti-climate change and still own a vehicle that's not a hypocritical position yeah yeah you're right i guess you're right yeah i just feel like Everybody could do more. Like today, right? Uh, here's a great example of once again me showing I'm a hypocrite. I I had to go shopping today, and I realized the car isn't here because Lisa took it for work. And I'm calling Lisa. Lisa, I can't go shopping. The car isn't here. And ten minutes later, Lisa texts me back. How about you just walk? And I realized, man, she's totally right. Yeah, what's wrong with me? And I actually walked. That is a great example of it's possible. You don't need to fucking, you know, you get some sun, you get some exercise. Problem is always hey, a little excuse. As a ginger, I get so sweaty when I walk that I have to shower again. <laughs> True, true. Definitely in this weather. And what are you passionate about? What would you go? What would what would you go for on the street for? I guess I guess you do your advocacy where it's most relevant. And I suppose me having a platform on Twitch and talking about how we mean to be more inclusive to women in gaming, I feel like that's that's the impact. That's my placard that I'm waving. Um, I'd have to think about it. Other than else, maybe I find maybe this is a reason why I'm into it. It's not necessarily because I'm trying to. Um, advocate for something greater than me maybe i just feel passionate about it because i like it and I, I really am fascinated about electric cars and i would love to see 
more subsidies towards those kind of cars. So maybe I would try and convince people this is something we should move towards. Um, more people who own electric cars, I guess, the more cheaper they're going to become. We should call this the Green Podcast. The Green Podcast, that's right. Green yeah. Podcast. Do you enjoy this, Tommy? Yes, yes. It calms me down a lot. I always say this, Dave. I talked. About, uh, I thought about this in the kitchen yesterday, and I mean this, and I say it publicly. I've never had many friends, which was okay. It's cool. I have like only two or three real friends, which is cool. And I always felt like, especially with you and Alex Rambler, if I would live in the same city as you and Alex, I will try very hard to become your friend. I will call you guys to go to the cinema, to go bowling, play snooker, because I I really like you guys. So <laughs> when? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I'm coming to the UK to play some bowling, man. So yeah, I really enjoy talking to you because it's talking to a friend with a bunch of viewers but I'm, I'm with some when you for example when you're joe rogan right and you get a guest this is not your friend you talk to them for good content knowledge blah blah it's not your friend or when i talk to you i feel like talking to a friend oh tommy i feel like i feel like you're a friend to me as well you're beautiful man you're beautiful hearts in the chat uh guys if you awesome. want to see the podcast and uh all the other past episodes just google feed tommy podcast i'm feeding tommy podcast feed tommy podcast Dave, man, thank you very much. I wish you a great weekend, my bro. Yeah, it's been All a pleasure, best. Tommy. I'll hear from Many you soon. Kisses. Maybe Kaiser, right? Who knows? All the best, man. Bye-bye.